You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. Our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. And we're back on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning here on 670 The Score. Dr. Cole, question for you. How many, uh, uh, what percentage of your patients are high school athletes? I don't know if I can give you a fixed number because I see, you know, I see older active individuals with shoulder problems as a common thing, but I don't see, I don't, because I don't do knee replacements, I don't see people consistently over the age of 50 for knees because they often have high, high end arthritis. Um, and many times their solution is a replacement unless we do some type of preservation thing. But I see, and I do see an enormous number of high school kids. And because my kids are high school age, it's pro- honestly it's probably the best part of my practice because um, I just I love that age group. They're you know the fact that they're they are so committed. They're working really hard at school. They're committed to a sport. They're often getting injured in their sport, right? And probably the most interesting age I get are these juniors in high school who are, you know, they're college bound. They're just, they have just taken their ACTs or SATs. So they're sort of in that, they're, they're, they're in that conundrum of, you know, this trying to deal with school sport and all this testing. And then they're, they have a desire to play a college sport. I mean, it could be D1, D2, D3, right? And there's a difference between all these kids. And then when they get injured, it's not uncommon that I'm seeing these injuries in their junior year when they're trying to time everything from a recovery point of view, when they're, they just got to look, for example, by a scout or a school or an athletic director or what have you, um, and then something happens and they were getting a lot of attention and they're scared to death that they're not going to get their opportunity a parent, sometimes this is the only chance these kids have actually to, to go to college is because they're going to get a scholarship. Wow, yeah. So it's really, it's an amazing dynamic and can be very emotional. And then they're trying to time their surgery if they need it and their recovery so that they get back and they have the opportunity to play senior year so they get their final look before the college applications are in. So if you can imagine, if you have a kid who's a pretty good athlete, you get that financial boost where you're not going to pay for the school in some instances. And then just the great thing about playing a college sport because it keeps them organized. It's part of their self-esteem. So I, to me, that's like sometimes I'm, I almost feel like I'm living vicariously through these kids because I just see how how awesome the next four years of their life is going to be, sometimes five, um, when they go to college. But the sport is a really big part of it. Our next guest knows all about that, men's basketball recruiting coach. Interesting guy. Julian Beckwith joins us uh, from Chicago. Julian, thanks for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. My first question for you is, what's the biggest thing that you would want a family to know about trying to get their son or daughter recruited to play uh, sports in college like Dr. Cole's talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, first, thanks for for having me on. Um, It's definitely a great topic, um, and I, I would say that you know the, the the toughest thing and kind of the biggest thing is just make sure that everybody's doing their research. You know, first and foremost, I heard Dr. Cole mention that there's a lot of schools, uh, D1, D2, D3, and and kind of researching those topics is very very important to know what your opportunities are. And then along the same lines, be realistic as well uh, is a big thing, and and kind of trying to navigate you know, where you're going to be able to actually play, um, where the coach, you know, at the school kind of has the interest in you. And uh, th- those are all very, very uh, new topics for new families going through it. But uh, that's kind of what I, you know, try to help them with as much as I can. Now, Julian, you're a uh, men's basketball recruiting recruiting coach. You're Are you only doing basketball for, for uh, high school age kids? Yeah, I do just men's basketball. Uh, at the moment, that's that's my background personally. Okay. I had a chance to get recruited out of high school 
and um, played at Miami of Ohio. So that's kind of where my expertise is. Got it. You know, what, one of the really interesting conversations I have is when I have a kid who's really talented and they make this decision, they're saying, okay, I, they, they don't want to do D1 because D1 is a huge difference between the D3 in terms of the commitment. I mean, you go to D1, my impression is that first it's your sport, then it's everything else. And if it's D3, you can seek a balance between academics and sport and social and everything else. So do you first try to vet that out with a kid? Let's just say you have a kid who has the opportunity to do basically anything he, or he wants to do. Do you start out with, look, let's discuss what college life is going to be like in a in a high in a, in a D one school versus a D three. Yeah, that, that's a big topic that comes up. Um, one thing that I think a lot of kids don't necessarily think about is coming home for Thanksgiving, coming home for Christmas, mm-hmm. coming home for the summer. If you're going D one and you're on a full scholarship for let's say football, basketball, you know those summers, the Christmas, the Thanksgiving, it's probably not going to happen. Right. If you play D three absolutely could happen and you kind of have the best of both worlds where you could still come home see your friends from high school over christmas over the holidays over summer and that's a big big topic that always comes up when do these 100%. kids do these kids ever ask you hey i i want to be in the nba what are my chances or they don't ask but they think yeah this I'm, i am good enough i'm going to be there do you guys have that discussion about the reality because you know the other thing is they spend so much time from a really early age developing their skills and athleticism right they miss out mm-hmm. on a lot of family stuff they sometimes get out of balance they unfortunately sometimes get injured but the it, the reality is when they're done with college that's it I mean, some of these kids may never play again, or they may play just at a recreational level and so forth, which is great, and that's a, a very good thing to be involved with. But I sometimes wonder the sen- I sometimes wonder the sense of reality for these kids in that regard of what's after college and how do you frame it to make your proper decision for college. Yeah, that's that's another topic that every now and then comes up. I've noticed that it kind of comes up a little bit on the younger side, maybe more like you know ninth grade, tenth grade. I think a lot of uh, athletes, especially if you are pretty good. Uh, you know, by 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade in high school, you, I think by that point you kind of start to get a little bit more realistic. So I have, I've had to have a couple conversations about kind of the just baby steps, you know, from being an underclassman to making varsity and then to, you know, find a place to go to school and get an education. So I, you know, I, I definitely always steer them that way. Uh, try to temper as much as you can to kind of the, the really, really long-term, maybe lofty expectations. But, you know, I think uh, a very good athlete who by, you know, junior or senior year has, you know, kind of tested the waters a little bit and maybe gotten some attention, um, maybe not at the very, very high Division One level, but, you know, some good schools, good academic schools, they kind of start to see the writing on the wall a little bit, and that makes it a lot easier to talk to them about, you know, getting an education first. And, you know, you'd be surprised that once they get there, they're pretty receptive to that. That's interesting stuff, Julian. But I also want to ask you about, since I've got Dr. Cole here, let's say one of your kids that you're um, helping with recruiting has an injury. How do you get the doc involved? Would you get someone like the orthopedic surgeon, like Dr. Brian Cole, involved in that process and your communication with him and then, of course, the family? I personally probably would not in my position. Yeah, I work for a recruiting service that provides more of kind of the guidance and the connection between a college coach and a player. Uh, in my position specifically, I, I don't get involved too much with the actual recommendation or um, 
you know, kind of seeing them through the rehab process. I'll, t- I'll tell you where it comes up. It comes up when a kid has been granted a scholarship or is really close and mm-hmm. wants to filter information back to the coach or to all the, you know, the people who are doing the recruiting, you know, because they're like, they're, they're completely freaked out that things are going to be taken away from them because of the injury. And, and I, it's fascinating because they will choose treatment and w- w- who they treat with based upon the perception that they're getting the highest quality care so that when the time comes, there's a high likelihood that they're going to they're gonna be well. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's very interesting, actually. So I didn't. So you personally have gotten involved, you yes. know, kind of ever with sending yeah. a, a note to a coach? Exactly. Like the parents will say, "Look, we're really concerned. You know, is this gonna? Are they gonna take a scholarship away? Which I don't. You know, there is a timeline depending on where they are that they may not get it. Mm-hmm. Once they've gotten it, it's hard to take away, as I understand it. But they mm-hmm. also don't. They want them to get playing time, and they want them to be perceived in a favorable light. So they'll say, "Look, would you mind after the surgery, reach out to so and so and let them know how it went and what your expectations are as far as getting how they're going to get back to sport and when they're going to get back to sport." So I've had that dialogue. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's actually kind of an angle that I haven't really um, dove into on my end. So um, it's definitely something that happens a ton. Though you you brought it up earlier, the timing of that junior year that's kind of the the heartbreaker when that happens but it's awful you, you mentioned yeah it, and it kind of just puts them in a tailspin at times and and definitely kind of panics them a little bit i've had a chance to work with some success stories there thankfully but it's definitely a tough time for them and yeah uh, the, the nice thing is that like you mentioned once they have that scholarship kind of already in their back pocket most of the time the coach is going to honor that yeah, I had it. You know, when I got a chance to see Porter uh, pre, for the preseason, he's I think he's eighteen. Michael Porter yeah, Jr. Michael Porter, he's eighteen, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I see these kids. They're they're eight. Some of them are younger than my. I have a nineteen year old. So mm-hmm. they are really kids, and they're kids physically. They're sort of man childs, if you will. And yep. and it's fascinating. They're when you go to combine too, you get guys who have been in college one year. Sure. You know, and then you talk to another one, the guy who goes to Stanford. You see every once in a while for four years. So they're 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 smart. Mm-hmm. And they say, look, I don't care what the situation was. I was going to finish college. I find, you know, I have to imagine that has to be some of your conversation with these young people to say, you know, I don't know if you've had any people have come out to the NBA, for example. Have you had any? I haven't had anybody come go to the NBA just yet. No, I, I do have some athletes that are still at Division One school. So I have worked with some high-level athletes, but I actually have not at this point worked with anybody who has actually made it to the NBA. That would be pretty cool. Maybe... Maybe one day, but yeah. Well, hopefully yet. you will. It's just it's a great yeah. thing you're doing. If if people want to reach you and learn more about this, where do they go? Yeah, there's a couple different places. So uh, they could follow me on Twitter first and foremost. Um, I have a very active uh, social media for what I do for through my work, and that's just uh, at jbeckwith underscore ncsa. Okay. Um, they're also welcome to visit the website of, of the company in general. And the, the company is Next College Student Athlete, and the acronym for that is NCSA. And uh, they could just Google that, and our website would kind of lead them in the direction to call us for guidance and, and kind of starting a, a service with us. But, yeah, I'd be happy to uh, talk to anybody who would be interested or kind of has that goal in mind and, 
I've definitely done it for long enough that I'd be pretty confident in, in helping anybody out. That's Julian Beckwith, men's basketball recruiting coach out of Chicago. Still to come on Sports Medicine Weekly, our Ask the Doctor segment. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.